thank you for joining us on Talk Chef, the podcast where we talk about Top Chef. I am your host, John Drake. You may know me as Top Scallop. You may also know me as Young Crudo. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host. They did the Nash. They did the Monster Nash. Flynn. <laughs> it's Nash Flynn. Nash, how are you doing? I am the monster. The monster Nash. The monster <laughs> comma Nash. How are you doing this week? I am good. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. It's got super cold, though, all of a sudden. I'm not liking this very yes. much. I was ready for spring to lead into summer like it normally does, and it led back into winter yes. now. This is the New England thing now. We have second winter. See, I'm new to, like, deep New England. I live, like, mm-hmm. right over the border in Connecticut on the New York border, so that, that's not really New England. This mm-hmm. is my first time actually spending Welcome. the season here. And Yeah, I like, I like parts of it. Not that part, though. No. It was 30, 31 degrees when like... I woke up this morning. That's not cool. It's almost May. Hmm. Yes, it snowed here this morning. I'm literally like an old woman in a blanket right now. It's true. She is. It's wrapped up around her head. John could see me. Like a little babushka. But <laughs> did you do anything special to celebrate 420 week? I don't remember it. There you go. So the answer is <laughs> I think obviously that was yes. Special. I, I got weed seltzer and I Ooh. chugged a can of that after I took an edible. And then I watched the Adam Sandler movie, Funny People. Was it funny? It was actually. I, I liked it. I don't remember it at all, but it's good. And so that's how I spent my 420. That's pretty dope. Yeah, and I just ate a bunch of snacks. I made edibles. Of course you did. But I do every week. So. What'd you make? Uh, I actually made Almond Joy Bark Ooh, again. That sounds awesome. It's very good. It's almost too good. Yeah, I don't want my edibles to be that delicious because I'm going to end up so. eating too much of them and then be glued to my couch, but in a non-fun way where I can't even do anything. You know yeah. what I mean? I enjoy that part. I love a good couch lock. Up to a point, but I need to at least be able to enjoy the media I'm consuming at the time, like a movie or a show. If I can't do any of that, then I feel like, what's the point? I'm just laying here thinking about my life, and that's what I'm trying to avoid with drugs. Oh, man, I love that, though. The existential crisis just hits different. I guess so. So do we have an update on Nash's Protein of the Week? We do. What do we got? Hold on to your butts, because it was bison. Ooh, I had bison last week, too. Oh, my gosh. What'd you do with it? bison. We made burgers with it. Me, too. It was really good. We put some shallots in the burgers. Oh, nice. And used, like, a farm cheddar. It was... You know what? I actually like it more than beef burgers. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, it's lean, so you got to make sure you season it up right and cook it with a little bit of fat, but the flavor is on point. So good. And it has more iron regular beef like 60 percent more and way less fat so but yeah. it doesn't taste like so a like turkey for... burger which is a sad example of right. a burger yes no turkeys and burgers i'm interested about the shallots what did you how small did you like dice them up not that small i like when they fall out like a chunky shallot <laughs> like a chunky shell isn't this isn't this a show where we talk about cooking it is i mean mm, chunky shallots. usually we talk about other people's cooking but we're talking about yours that's right true. now which i guess i'm not selling at the moment bison burgers though that's exciting you're really getting into the exotic game meats you're not giving us i'm just yeah. waiting for you one day to show up like i had it i had chicken breast but no every week it's it's something exciting and i really appreciate that and i'm sure our listeners do too well i mean someday soon we will have chicken breast but it will be from a chicken that we've recently taken out of existence from our backyard of course get that fresh farm chicken there's nothing like it we have to make it different you know yeah gotta make it special and it's turkey hunting season so maybe that will be next week so we had a pretty good episode this week i think would you how'd you feel about this week's episode of top chef i felt like it was a little bit of a letdown after last week we had so many good moments last week there were so many things to learn and this week it's we're in an orchard there's the fruit just getting attacked by bees swarmed literally getting ruined by bees (laughs) it's like the end of my girl the macaulay culkin movie yeah yeah it's just just bees everywhere so that was fun but it's natural, yeah. It's going to feel like a letdown after last week's episode, which 
is probably one of the top episodes of the past few seasons, I would Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But maybe it's just because like I've been eating like absolute garbage this week, having a fruit centric challenge. It felt nice and light to me. I was watching it like, oh, I would like to eat that food because it seems like healthier than what I've been consuming this week. I just <laughs> I got like fruit envy, I guess you would say. So it makes me want to I mean, I do think or something, you know? I don't know. Yeah. We're having crappy weather right now, so that was sort of like, Oh man, I could I could grill a peach right now. I mean I can't, but Right. I would want to. Yeah. So I guess that's true. A grilled summer peach just screams summer to you, which is what you want yeah. when it's 31 degrees and snowing the end of yes. april the ass end of april <laughs> fucking northeast weather so let's start with the quick fire yeah they had to recreate a dish using campbell's soup come on do they really expect me to believe that these world-class chefs clapped when they opened up the pantry to see campbell's fucking soup cans everywhere give me a break no that was and i think it's a little unfair to be like okay guys you're not all from America, in the Midwest specifically. That's weird. We want you to evoke a food memory from your past using an American canned soup. Yeah. It's a little tricky challenge. It's a little reductive, I think. Yeah, not one of their better quick fires. And then no. Padma's like reading the quick fire challenge, and it pans over to the chefs who are just beaming ear to ear, <laughs> smiling as she's explaining this. And you just know the producers are like, smile, smile bigger. Because like, they don't fucking care about Campbell's soup. Maybe no. they eat it on, like, their days off, but that doesn't mean they want to cook with it. Right. That's a, that's a thing you eat when you're too sick to cook real food. Right. That's it. That's what it's for. Even still, go for, like, the Progresso, you know? A little bit better. Something a right. little or bigger, just... like a little heartier. Right. Campbell's soup is just, it's like bottom-tier soup. And you pour it out of the can, and sometimes it's all gelatinous. Like, it still looks like the can when you're done. Yes. If you leave it in, like, a colder pantry or in the garage... And then sometimes you got to like smack the bottom because there's a couple noodles and a, like a stray piece of yeah. sad looking chicken stuck in there. No. Don't do this to me, Top Chef. Yeah. The, the sponsor challenges are always a little bit like you kind of roll your eyes every time yeah. they pretend to be excited to cook with whatever, Talenti Gelato. But then Campbell's Soup was especially egregious to me. But some of the dishes yeah, that, that came out of it looked, looked pretty good. Anything? You yeah, we definitely had some edible things come out of here. My My... <laughs> pick for favorite dish of the week actually i think i'm gonna go with a quick fire dish which was avishar's chicken toast masala i don't know that looked awesome okay. i really wanted that he didn't even get an honorable mention for that i know it was just like something it looked really something good about the way he described it and seeing it on the plate i was like i want to eat that right now maybe it's because it looked hot and kind of hearty and a good piece of crusty bread when it's cold outside you know i love it but avishar's chicken toast masala man i wanted that yeah that looked really good it looked really good. And I can't believe he didn't even get like a, hey, man, that was really good. Because they even said, wow, this is so unique and different. Right. Yeah, you think they would have given him some more props, but no. And then but Sarah no. came out with some homemade Spetzel in 30 minutes. Sarah's just crushing it. I, I love her. And every episode, I love her more. But I want to know what happened to the, the good luck fish. Well, we didn't get to spend any time back at the hotel this episode because they were on the That's road. True doing a little road trip so we're missing out on some but something tells me she's going to be around long enough where we'll get an update on the the good luck fish i want to know where it is how it's doing you know it's probably still sitting on top of that what was it like a, a bookshelf i don't know it's like a cabinet some kind of cabinet in the hotel room just chilling yes something tells me she just saw the cameras on. i was like wouldn't it be funny if i told them that i had a stupid lucky fish and i'll just make some shit up and they'll, they'll totally put it on tv and that's what they did. They totally did, yeah, Sarah. They fell for Great it. job. So good job. And she she started describing her food in this 
opening in the talking head is grandma chic which i also love personally i don't understand what alpine food is still i do very much understand grandma chic grandma chic evokes yeah you you get images yeah. in your head when you say that like you right now wrapped up in your blanket like a little babushka <laughs> you're you rocking grandma clearly chic. i understand yeah. it <laughs> yeah i get it so that's you guys are kindred spirits i think i can see you guys being friends. <laughs> maybe she'll come cook for me yeah Go do some stand-up in Portland and then go to her restaurant. Please feed me, Sarah. I will make you laugh if you promise to feed me. What if you did stand-up in her restaurant? She seems pretty laid back. Like, she'd probably just have a little stand-up night. Sarah, please go ahead and book me. I won't even charge you. I'm a very expensive comedian, but I won't charge you. Ask for a dinner. Yeah. Grandma Chic, please. Grandma Chic, of course. So, Chris walks away with the win from the quickfire. After disappointing couple of weeks, he gets immunity. Yeah. And... That was pretty cool to see. I like Chris. He seems like he's had a crisis of confidence early on, but finding his footing. And the more chefs mm-hmm. are that are competitive and in the hunt every week, the better the show is. So you'd never really want to have that very clearly delineated top and bottom. And yeah. Chris seemed to be waiting towards being on the bottom tier of the remaining chefs. But now he's, you know, the game's changed. Now he's he's in the mix. So I like that. It keeps it interesting. And we're not just looking right. at Shoda and Sarah and Gabe every week, like, these are the heavy hitters that we got to watch out for. Yeah, yeah. What what about the quick fire? Did you want to call out anything specific you saw that you liked? Back to Padma's fashion watch. Now she has no bangs? The bangs are gone. How? How? In one week, she got bangs and got rid of them. I don't know a lot about bangs. Can you have bang extensions that you could take off? I guess. Maybe that's Because I, I mean, if I moved these off, to, I have bangs, if, if that was unclear. Yes. If I moved them off to the side, it'd just look like Dwight Schrute. Like, <laughs> just short. <laughs> just like the slight middle part. Yeah. She does not have that at all. So they must have been some kind of like weave or like a, just like a hair, like a toupee, but for bangs? I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't get it. Nash, I hope I'm not out of line. <laughs> but correct me if I'm wrong, you do not have a team of professionals doing your hair every day. No. Maybe there's some kind of special techniques they have huh. in, in the industry to help them out with that. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Clearly, I'm not the authority on hairstyles. I just, okay. So I, I assume, yes, she has a team of people that make her beautiful every episode. It's wonderful. I want to know why they filmed one episode with them. And they were like, no, no, never mind. It's not working. It's Padma. She wakes up in the morning. She's like, I want bangs. You guys figure it out. <laughs> Whatever. They're like, okay, Padma, we got it. You know, I don't think they're giving her any, any bag talk. That's true. She seems like a very assertive woman. She tells you what she wants and she gets it. Yeah. And then the next week she was like, never mind. I don't like them anymore. And they were like, okay, done. No more bangs for you. Richard's hair, still normal. He really made a splash week one. We thought it was going to be more of a thing throughout the season, but he seems to have settled on this like mild pompadour look and it works for him. You know, it's kind of the same hairstyle Mm -hmm. he's had for a couple of years now. I don't know what week one was about, but he kind of got my hopes up. That it was going to be more of a yeah. thing week to week. So hopefully he takes some more chances with his hair. Come on, Richard. Get it together. Tom's hair this week uh, looked great. So shiny. Shiny. <laughs> love to see it. I can't... I actually love his dinner hat. Tom, see, being bald, it gives you the chance to accessorize more with your head. Like, when I had hair, I would never wear, like, a headband. Or I would never wear, like, a hat if I knew I was going to have to take it off at some point. Because all my hair is going to be all messed up. And But now I'm just like, fuck it, man. I mean, I wouldn't know anything about accessorizing with hair at all. Your hair is blue. Actually. I think that's an accessory in and of itself. Like, yeah, no. you don't need, like, just, a blue hat. You have a blue hat. Because your hair yeah. is blue. And that's your head hat. Now we're just in beanie season. So it's just, you know. Beanies and t-shirts. Like an aging hipster. Like an aging hipster. No, I, w- I won't wear beanies and t-shirts. But I will wear shorts and hoodies. 
and the right circuit. You know, it has to be the right. It's got to be like 57 yeah. degrees. That's like shorts and hoodies weather to me. Uh, see, I'd probably do all of them. Let's just come in. You're going to wear shorts and a hoodie and a beanie and a t-shirt? Yeah. It's too many layers, Nash. Your legs are going to be cold. I'm always cold. <laughs> so the blanket's for. All right. So. You bring the blanket along. I guess you'll be okay. Yeah. So then they pack up the chefs into their BMW SUVs. BMW, go okay. further. Or whatever their slogan is. I don't fucking remember. Did Top Chef get a drone? <laughs> like, and they were just like, man, we have to use this drone. All those like helicopter shots. It was like I was watching The Town by Ben Affleck. Just right? fucking. I was like, is this Lord of the Rings? What are we doing? They should have put the Lord of the Rings soundtrack while they're driving up the hills. I was like, this production value is phenomenal. Because they probably have one camera person this year for safety reasons. They're like, fuck it. Yeah. Get a helicopter. It was interesting, too, because like when they were filming inside the cars... There was no cameraman in the car with them, clearly, because usually it's right. much clearer. But this time it was like a dashboard mounted camera that was just right. picking up all the stuff. So I was like, oh, you know, that's another moment where you start to see the seams of making a show during mm -hmm. a pandemic. But yeah, clearly they spent some money to get those. How many drones can we get? And they're just like competing drones. There were so many aerial shots. They were just like, look how beautiful it is. And I was like, isn't this a show about cooking? Did they randomly, did Christopher Nolan direct this episode? What is their budget <laughs> for this episode compared to the other stuff? I guess they don't have a lot of location shooting this year specifically. So they were like, when they do go out, they're going to go big. It was crazy. I mean, it was gorgeous. It was. Like, I enjoyed those shots. And they were like, well, no one can travel. So people are going to want to see these aerial shots. But I was like, this is a little masturbatory even for me. I love the outside, but this feels like we're touching ourselves. Yeah, this was right up your alley, having a farm. Basically, they were on an orchard just cooking with the fruit that they could yeah. pick. This would be a nightmare for my wife. My wife, Jamie, hates like fruit and savory dishes. So what? I'm excited for her to watch this episode and also listen to this episode because shout out to my wife. She's great. But yeah, hey, Jamie. not a fan of fruit with like proteins she doesn't like when i make moho pork which is like the orange juice and sour orange juice marinated pork yeah she doesn't like that I oh man make... see i i like i probably would have eaten everything from this except for the raw chicken which we'll get yeah to. you know everything sounded good until you actually cut into it but yeah want to get back to the quick fire for a hot second because i had to shout somebody out here this almost was a bit in the ass moment but my boy showed us saved himself when they asked him, did you mean for your chow mushi to be this loose? He was like, yes, yes that's how I, I like absolutely. it. Because you never tell them, no, I meant for it to be this way and it didn't quite work or whatever. Lie through your teeth. You tell them that that's how you like your chow mushi. And yeah, take it till you make it. I mean, he did. He wasn't the most convincing. Yeah. He kind of looked like he was having a crisis of conscience while he said it. But I still respect him for sticking to his guns and not, let, not giving them the satisfaction. Because he was going to be on the bottom whether he said... Yes or no. But don't, don't show your hand. He played the game and he played it well. So shouts to him for staying out of the bit in the ass column this week. Yeah, you did great, buddy. Proud of you. So they're driving up to the orchard, getting ready to do a challenge where they have no produce at all. No fruits and no vegetables. They have some proteins, some herbs, some spices, you know, various pantry ingredients. But they have to make a dish to serve to these distinguished judges with just the fruit they can pick off the trees and whatever they can find in the pantry. Interesting watching them all run around picking fruit off the trees. And Sarah, once again, playing like she's aloof and kind of flying by the seat of her pants all the time. But then she was like, well, I have this plan for a sauce. It's going to be a peach sauce. You know, she, she knows exactly what she's doing. She is not, yeah. she's never at a loss. I don't think she's playing us. I think that's her personality, but she's clearly like a gamer. She's not, you know, yeah. she's not just there to have sure. fun. She's, she's got a She's got a plan. Just like grandma. Just like grandma. It's that grandma mm -hmm. chic coming through. We see some bee challenges 
vaporize during the uh, the cooking. This is my nightmare, yep. by the way. I am not a fan of bees. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah, I've been stung. Like, I know you guys keep bees. We do. I've been stung too many times in my life. By too many times, I mean like three. But I'm a giant baby about it, so. That's a good thing about honeybees, though, is they don't really sting that much. We saw Gabriel get stung by a bee. That was cool. We did, and he took that like a champ. I mean, sort of. It's tough, though. It's on his hand, too, right? Wasn't it on his hand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he was shucking his oysters. Yeah. Yeah. The bee thought he was trying to stab him. He's got a knife in his hand. Yeah. He's shucking away. But. Bummer. I don't blame him for making a little scene of it, but he kept cooking. He kept doing his thing. I shouldn't say cooking because he didn't actually cook much. He just served up some oysters, but they looked good. I like a, oysters or whatever to me. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I started to get a little nervous because I thought my man Nelson was getting the exit edit today. Yeah. Talking about Oakland yeah. and his wife and the work he does with underprivileged kids there, which was a great story. But every time they start giving someone we haven't seen a lot of this kind of backstory, it's it can be worrying. Yeah. So I like Nelson, but he is not making me feel very comfortable with him these he last He just really weeks. seems uncertain. He's definitely one of those people that's going for what the judges want instead of what he would want to cook with the ingredients that he's given. It's got to get in your head. Yeah. But the flip side is, have you ever watched Top Chef? Has anyone ever had right. success by trying to cook what the judges want? Every year, there's no. so many chefs that say that. We got it today. I mean... Let's get into the categories, because Cliche Kitchen, right off the bat... First conversation. The first clip we see is Chris, Shoda, and Kiki sitting around talking in the morning when they're having their coffee. Quotes we heard. You know, I still have to find myself as a chef. I gotta make sure it's Mm -hmm. me on a plate. I'm not cooking me. It's just a platitude at this point. Maybe Chris did take it to heart, because his food this episode was a lot better than what we've seen from him in the past. Yeah. But... I don't think Shoda has had trouble cooking his food. <laughs> you know, everything he does seems very in his wheelhouse and right. true to himself. And Kiki, too. I don't feel like she's executing her food very well, but I feel like she's making the dishes she wants to make. Right. And I think it's one of those things that when you start to do poorly, you blame it on this immediately. And then it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Then you're you're not cooking your own food because you think your food is not up to par. So then you like try to really out of the box yourself into it being true that you're not cooking food you're good at because you've never done it before right they might start thinking that oh it's just it's because my food isn't creative enough or whatever but really it's just it comes down to execution right you can win any challenge with the most down home simple dish if it's executed perfectly so if there's any future contestants listening make the food you want to make man it'll come together just execute it. right pay attention to what you're doing what you you're didn't doing. richard win when an elimination with a pea soup yes it was richard right yeah like, you guys can do it. You just, you have to commit to it. <laughs> Chris Scott, late in the Colorado season, won with cornbread and fried chicken. Yeah. And then I got to go half his fried chicken in Bridgeport, Connecticut. It was fucking banging, but it closed, <laughs> sadly. But shouts to Chris Ugh. Scott. He makes good fried chicken. But yeah, it, do- Damn it, I wish, it doesn't have to be the fanciest dish. It doesn't have to be what you think the judges want. It just has to be right. good food executed well. And now I sound like Tom, but <laughs> he can only say it so many times. Yes. Then there was another cliche kitchen moment, I think, was the mind games Tom likes to play when he walks around and hears what all the chefs are making. He got his concerned Tom look about Kiki's mm-hmm. dish. But we come to find out that it was not just Tom, you know, playing coy and trying to get right. in her head. He had some real concerns that came to fruition, which we will talk about more in Bit in the Ass. Yes. So Scallop and Crudo Watch, we are live, baby. We finally got some. Yes, two, two. two scallops today. We had Chris making some delicious-looking scallops with peach butter. Yep. 
Give me all that. Yeah. Give me that. And then we had Nelson making scallops, womp womp, with a Bernays sauce that was a little too herbaceous for Gail. Yeah, she really did not like that at all. I was like, is there rosemary in this dish? Yeah, she was like, yeah, I fucking know, because I got a piece of rosemary in my teeth. But she didn't say that, but she was thinking it. She was. You could see it on her face. No crudos. I'm surprised. I feel like fruit and crudo would have been a pretty natural pairing, Mm -hmm. you know? You could definitely do something with that, make a sauce, pair it with raw piece of fish, whatever, but could have just been, maybe it was too too hard to control the elements. You don't necessarily want to do a crudo. You know, Gabriel kind of walked up to the line of crudo with raw oysters, but, you know, we're not going to count that. We're not cheaters. Right. So... Not here to make friends. This was a tricky one for this episode. Everyone's super friendly. Yeah. It's really hard for this category because everybody is here to make friends, apparently. I saw the preview for next week. I think we're going to have some good material next week for this one. Mm. But the only thing I noticed this week was Dawn making a face at Abishar when he was running around the kitchen. Yeah. She got that look on her face. Come on, dude. You almost ran into me. Get it together. But she didn't say anything about it, so it doesn't really count. But I mean, I think in fairness to the contestants at this stage, we are filming this in the middle of a pandemic, in which case they've been alienated for six months. And I think they sort of are here to be like, another face. Right. They're just super excited to have people to talk to. Yeah. So it's going right. to be smooth sailing for a while. But it looks like next week there's a little bit of drama. So yeah. excited to get into that. Bit in the ass. We have quite a few things to choose from this week. What do you got for me? I have the risotto. Abishar's risotto. Come on. Yeah. Yes. Classic. And, and in the same moment that he's making risotto, he's doing another bit in the ass moment where he's making something that he's already failed at. <laughs> yeah, trying to like prove himself to the judges and be like, yes. I know my rice wasn't good. I'm going to make it good this time. Also, weirdly refusing to call it risotto. Yeah. But, like, so you're cooking rice. You're adding stock in batches. You're stirring it with the back of a wooden spoon. You're making risotto, my dude. Yes. <laughs> I know he was using sushi rice instead of arborio rice, which is the traditional, but... You're making risotto, man. Call it what it yep. is. And he called it out to Tom, too. He's like, I'm not making risotto because I know if I make risotto, you guys are going to nail me for it. And Tom was just like, well, people have successfully made risotto on Top Chef before. I think In this very episode. In this perhaps. very episode. Dawn, we can't really say how successful her risotto was because they didn't dwell on it too long. But mm-hmm. she made risotto and she wasn't on the bottom. She wasn't on the top, but, you know, she was firmly in the middle, which not the worst place to be. Right. The other not bit in the ass, bit in the hand. Gabriel got bit by a bee. So that was fun. I guess he got stung. I don't know. Yeah. But still, I thought that... With a butt. Yeah. He got a... He got butt in the hand. How about that? I like it. Bit by the butt. Not a... Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'll move on. So I think Tom was concerned about Kiki's dish from the get-go, and... I mean, it was clear to see that he was concerned, but his reservations make a lot of sense when you consider the conditions and the equipment they have. So she has one small fryer. It seemed like... You could only fit a couple wings in there at a time. Right. Then you're going to leave them out. There's not going to be a lot of carryover cooking. As she mentioned, the temperature is dropping. You know, she was counting on them to keep cooking when they were out of the fryer and finish cooking. It's getting cold outside, and chicken wings are not very big. So there's not a ton of carryover cooking. So, spoiler alert, it didn't end. It didn't. It didn't finish cooking. She served a bunch of raw chicken wings. Yep. I think Tom was actually trying to help her with his little, like... Right. His little pep talk there, and if she'd gone and tried to smoke these wings first and then flash fry them to get them crunchy, you got this big smoker. You could have fit all the wings you needed on there and once and then fried them in batches just to finish them off and get them a little crunchy. I think that was the move. Yeah. You're, I know. Or anything. <laughs> or do something different, yeah. Right. Just don't commit to that idea. It's a different protein. <laughs> if you've never had a smoked and then fried chicken wing, it's quite delicious. I've never done it. It's pretty good. 
I just got an Instapot, so now I can I can air fry things, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, the only problem with the Instapot air fryer is that like you could fit like four chicken wings in it. Yeah. Well, we only get one bird at a time, so we technically only have two. Nash, if you air fry two chicken wings, who's going to eat them? Are you each going to split one? Yeah. That's not a meal. It's not even a snack. It's a, it's a snack. That's an amuse-bouche to use some Top Chef lingo. Hey, listen, at least they will be cooked. Yeah. Looking at you, Kiki. Kiki. And that did come back to bite her in the ass. More on that later. Sure did. What, so I already spoiled my favorite dish of the week. I did have some other ones that I liked, but what was your, what was your favorite? I would eat the crap out of Byron's deconstructed cheese plate pasta. Hell yes. That day. was on my short list as well. So good looking. That looked awesome. Why couldn't anyone yeah. run over and hold the pasta so he could put it into the pasta machine? <laughs> Everyone's all, oh, man, that looks really hard. <laughs> Dawn, yeah. Dawn is literally just like mashing, like tamping down a blender. Like you couldn't let that go for 30 seconds. <laughs> right, two seconds. Run over, just line up his pasta for him. Everyone's just gawking <laughs> oh, at him. But yeah, doing... I guess that could be a not here for, for making friends. You know what? Absolutely. Yeah, disappointing, guys. Where's the teamwork? Come on. But making a stuffed, fresh pasta outside... Yeah. That's no joke, man. Uh, stuffed pasta is tricky. And and to do it with fruit, I think, if it's be one thing if he's just shoving, like, sausage in there and calling it a day. To do it with fruit, I think, is a feat. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't. It's, it's one of those dishes that I would want to try because I can't even really imagine what it tastes like. Yeah. And I really would like to find out. And I got to shout yeah. out Gabe's plums. Slow roasting the plums for two hours. Genius. And so that they stay intact but then he glazes them oh man i would have ate the crap out of that and that's that's what we mean when we talk about staying on your foods and doing simple things but doing them well you know he was even like this is a simple dish but it has to be very precise i have to babysit it that's what we mean yes look at people like gabe and sarah that have just been knocking it out of the park every week you might call the food they're doing simple but they're winning every week because they're making food that they know they can do well and they're executing it perfectly and they know the flavor is going to be good. Yeah. Just, it's not rocket science. If you lose, yep. if you lose making a, you know, a slow roasted plum, at least you went out on your sword. Nelson making You paid a, homage to the challenge. Yeah, and to your roots and to the food you like to make. Nelson scallop, that was a sad looking scallop. It was. And I don't even think happy scallops are happy looking scallops. Right. Not scallop fan. I know, you're not the biggest scallop fan, but as far as scallops go, Chris's looked like it was well done, and the yeah. various accoutrements he had with it sounded awesome. So yeah, I could true. totally see him being on the top for that. Nelson, as soon as you saw his dish coming together, you knew something was up, right? Like, yep. it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like it was going to go well. It was like things that should have been separated that maybe sounded good. Apple Bernays sounds good. Seared scallop sounds good. Apple shallot relish sounds good. Don't put them all on the same plate and then cover them in an herb salad because Gail, as my notes say, herbs, herbs. Wow, Gail does not like herbs. Gail is just a treat. Although she called Gabriel's oysters enchanting. That mm. might be a bridge too far. She was a food critic in a past life, though. So I guess she still is. But, you know, she, she was a restaurant critic. So I guess her, her writerly roots are showing. But, yeah, we love Gail. We do. I find Gail... Very like the one of the highest points of the show, just like watching her talk about food. Beautiful. She's really interesting too because she knew she wanted to be a restaurant critic and she wanted to write about restaurants and food, but she thought in order to do that more effectively, she should go to culinary school and work in kitchens for a couple of years. And so she did. Huh. And I really respect that. It's like going the extra mile to be super good at your job and it, it paid off. Look at her now. 
Right. It's like being a medical malpractice lawyer, but going to med school to make sure you understand it first. Do people do that? No. Oh, that's, like that, that's a good idea, I guess. <laughs> it seems like a lot of money. They should, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, Nelson not cooking his food. Avishar not cooking his food. And then Kiki kind of cooked her food, just didn't do it well. So well, didn't cook it. Yeah, <laughs> she she visualized a dish that sounded good on paper. You know, I like it. I like a fruit barbecue sauce glaze on a wing. That sounded that sounded fine. Right. I'm not opposed to that at all. Just, but the method in which she decided to go about it probably wasn't the best. So she got the boot. Yeah. She went home. Our girl Sasha still killing it in Last Chance Kitchen. So it's gonna be a, it's yeah. gonna be a good showdown next week, or probably right after this episode. So harshest criticism. What have you got for that? One of my favorites, and it's not really super harsh except for the way it was delivered. It's Padma line because they always mm-hmm. are. All I tasted was the bacon and uncooked rice. I have that one too. Yep. She really harped on that uncooked word. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. She also called Avishar's rice mushy, but also undercooked somehow, which is a <laughs> mind boggling criticism for Brutal. me. I just don't understand how it makes sense, but I believe her. I'm just yeah. shocked that Avishar managed to do that. So good for him. Also, you got to call out Gabe's kids roasting him because he didn't win last week. Yeah. Like, oh, it's brutal. Did you win or did somebody else win? Somebody else won. <laughs> oh, just that and that dead silence right after was kids. Man. Kids. Brutal. And then they called Jamie's dish boring, but she wasn't even on the mm. bottom. So I'm not going to I'm not going to throw that in there. I think Avishar's rice got the harshest criticism on yes. two fronts. I mean. Nelson also got a couple. There was nothing delicate about that dish mm. after Nelson was literally like, it's supposed to be delicate. And they were like, no, absolutely fucking not. I like Nelson um, a and lot. And then Tom. Yeah. Describing yeah. a dish that has he, a Parmesan Bernays sauce on it as delicate. Oh, that sounds heavy no. as fuck. Yeah. No. And then Tom follows that up immediately with this meal was a real miss. Yeah. Oh, maybe that was Padma. Sorry. My notes were confusing on that. Oh, yeah. That might have been Padma, actually. But yeah, it sounds like a Padma line now that I look at it again. I mean, I, I think... I think the people on the bottom this week absolutely deserved to be on the bottom. Probably all of them should have gone home. Yeah, it was to the point where they seemed to hate Nelson's dish so much that I was like, is he going to go home even though Kiki served them raw chicken? Because yeah. it's, it's rare where somebody serves up an unedible protein and doesn't go home, but it has happened before for super egregious errors on other parts of dishes by other chef testants. But no, Kiki yeah. got the axe. Nelson held on. By the thinnest of margins, though, I th- he's my pick for next week just because yeah. there's two ways this can go. You know, he can really get in his own head and start to spiral about this mm-hmm. performance, or he can bounce back. I don't know him enough to know what kind of competitor he is and how he's going to react, but I think there's a 50-50 chance he spirals and, you know, comes up even worse next week. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he's on he's on the bottom for me, and I still think we could sort of see Jamie fall down there again she's been sort of up and down yeah hot and cold she she was bottom top middle so if she follows that same pattern she'll be bottom again next week yeah we'll see and avishar too i feel like he just if he gets stuck on this it's gonna be the rice that sends him home cook rice in the kitchen unless it's specifically a rice challenge avishar just don't don't cook any more rice just don't do it stay away if you can but I, i think avishar has shown enough flashes in the right challenge where he could bounce back if he kind of gets out of his own head. But yeah. Nelson, we haven't really seen him shine yet. So I'm going with him because we know Avishar's ceiling is high. We know his floor is low. Right now, all we know about Nelson is he's either middle or low. So right. it's, it remains to be seen, but I'm sticking with him. But you got last week. You won. I did. Congratulations. You're in the winner's, winner's column for a week. Yes, for the first and only time. No. you'll. Get, I mean, as it gets 
further down, it's going to become easier to guess. So there'll be fewer chefs to Hopefully. choose from. And I think we'll start start seeing us string together some, some streaks. Time yeah. will tell. We'll see. All right. Anything you wanted to add? Richard, where are you? Okay. I feel like episodes one and two, we really saw a lot of Richard. I was like, this is a Richard season with other people competing. Richard is clearly the forefront here. And now this, you know, this episode, he was sort of like only at the mealtime, yeah. didn't really get a lot of screen time, didn't harass any of his fellow judges. It really felt like Richard didn't feel well this season, or excuse me, this episode. I think they have enough returning all-stars, so to speak, that they're kind of focusing on a couple here and there, and then they take a back seat so that you don't get sick of them too quickly. But yeah, it's, it's weird seeing, like, I'm used to these former contestants coming on and being like the star of that episode but now you kind of see them and oh yeah melissa's there and she says a word and then you don't hear from her again for another hour and it's it's definitely a strange way to watch the show because you get excited about seeing your past favorites on the judges panel but then just because of the way the season is structured they don't have much to do all the time yeah amar got a fun moment though licking his plate that was that was going in all the promo reels for the season i remember seeing that moment kwame has an excellent jacket Literally just the king of fashion. Who's fucking I love surprised? Right? Gregory looking like yeah. king, too. These were just very orchard-appropriate garb for everyone mm-hmm. today, and I was here for it. It does feel like, you know, as the show goes on, we get more of this, like, food, but we also just get so many looks served, you know? Yeah. I mean, the show's not doing the drama. It's not trying to be a reality show yeah. in that sense, so at least give us some looks. Mm-hmm. Give us some fashion to discuss every week, and I'll be happy. Love it. I have no complaints. Like, I want to know where Melissa got those overalls also. Please, girl. Rocking them. Let me know. I need them. You rock some overalls. I do. Yeah. I do. I have and I do. And I want to know where she got those ones because we stand. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe if your podcasting platform lets you. Otherwise, just listen every week. We still love you. And tune in next week where we'll have hopefully another great show. And we will have a great show. We hope, hope Top Chef has a great show for us to talk about yes that's true but you know we're gonna bring the heat regardless all right thank you bye bye you waved again i did have to wave